Uh, good morning, everybody. It's Andrew Vigar from Terry Uraney. Uh, I'm the executive chairman and one of the founders. The company was listed on the ASX on code T92 in September last year, and we're an active explorer in the Athabasca Basin in eastern Eastern Athabasca in Canada. Andrew, good to have you on the show. First first time we've spoken and first time we've obviously had the, the story on, relatively new as well. So um, Athabasca Basin, um, how did you pick the assets up? It's been a, a long story and we've I've been in the uh, uranium industry for about 15 years now and this is the second company we've put together. We were really focused on uh, potential producing assets that had low costs. So it, we were, this was prior to the boom in the price about 18 months ago, but we really had a target of $20 US or less. And and there's only really two types of deposits that can do that. That's the roll front uh, shallow ISR type deposits, such as Kazakhstan or uh, some of the ones in Australia, or the very, very high grade deposits. And the ones that uh, have grade sort of over 10% uranium, no, not uh, 1%, but 10%. The only, the only types of deposits that you find those in the world is in the Athabasca in Canada. So that's been on there. So that, that's that's why the Athabasca Basin, but um, how, did, how did you actually find these assets? Because a lot of competition out there. So where did you pick them up from? Yeah, there is an enormous amount of opposition. So we we, we put the company together uh, we, with a very high-powered team. Uh, we, ch- we always choose the best people. And they have to be, uh, Matthew, the, they have to be people local. So although our company is ASX, all our operational team is based in Saskatoon, in Saskatchewan. That's try saying that quickly after you've had a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> and it's a great part of the world. It's right up there, I think, number three on the Fraser Index. Very friendly for mining. Uh, they, they're very supportive. You have potash, you have base metals, uh, as well as uranium uh, and a large agricultural industry. So it's a very, very friendly environment. So we went in there and we started with uh, Mike McClelland, who's our uh, president, Canada, uh, and looks after the operations there. He's locally born and bred, ex-Chemico, ex-BHP, knows the basin back to front. And we basically said, Mike, now that you're uh, coming on board with us, where would you go and look? And he said, straight away, cable Bay shear zone. So that's where we uh, pegged our ground. We actually acquired the ground ourselves, so we pegged it. It was vacant. Uh, and it really goes back to the last cycle. So you, you're aware of super cycles of metals. Uh, there was a super cycle in the 80s and 90s in uranium. Uh, that ended with the collapse of the USSR and, and the uh, weapons-grade stuff coming onto the market, killed the price. But there was a lot of activity in this area. It's a well-known structure, but it's a little bit further west and a little bit deeper than the known major deposit. Okay, well, 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 well let's talk about that, actually, because, you know, the, I'm trying to work out, because there's going to be lots of, there have been and there will be more entrants coming in into the market, you know, jumping on the bandwagon, as it were. So I'm trying to distinguish you from the others. And I think the clue there was the fact you're going after some of this deeper lying um, ore bodies. Um, so tell us exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah, well, the, we, we, we tweak pretty quickly that if you want to find a major deposit, it's probably going to be under undercover. And therefore, you need the best exploration techniques and methods available. And uh, we very quickly got on to using Z, uh, airborne geophysics, basically, as well as gravity. And then we brought a new technique out from Australia called uh, ANT, ambient noise tomography, which is passive seismic. Worked extremely well in Australia un- under the sands in uh, South Australia. And we thought sand, sandstone, yep, should work the same. 
we were the first ones to use it on a trial basis, worked brilliantly. Um, so we, we were able to actually map the unconformity at eight to 900 metres of depth. And the unconformity at the, at the base of the sandstone, that's where we find the mega deposits. That's, that's where we get the 20, 30% uh, percent ones. Okay, well, with, with the ANs, obviously I've we've, I think we've talked on the show many times about v, VTEM and ZTEM. And, um, but, yes, but the a, a, that's, that's been around. That's been around a bit, right? So, um, and, and, and obviously you've been at the geophysics, uh, et cetera, too. But, so the, 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 the ANT, where, where has it worked for uranium previously in terms of, I know it's worked with SANS and, and Oz, but yes. has, has anyone else in the Athabasca used this? We were the first. We were the ones who brought it in from Australia. And that came right. from my association with my Australian uranium company. And um, we had a very, very successful there. And we thought, well, our number one priority, uh, Matthew, is to map that unconformity. Because these high-grade deposits, the ones we're looking for, are at the unconformity or just above it in the sandstone. And when you're down that deep, we need to know where that unconformity is, exactly, and the shape and, and texture of it. And uh, the, we trialled the ANT. As I said, the first time it ever been used worked brilliantly. We, we, not, we think we're not only seeing the unconformity position itself, but we're also seeing alteration and some variations in that unconformity, uh, which support Z10, which is obviously our main method. It's the tried and proven one. Uh, V10, which works very well but has limited depth potential. And we're also doing some geochemistry uh, at, at shallow depths in the sandstone, uh, looking for traces of uranium. And that's working well as well, because we have glacial cover. So, so we have between 10 and 50 metres of glacial cover. You've got to get through that. Um, so we've done some shallow work there too. But it's putting all those things together. Uh, and for instance, the, the technical team under Mike are, are using uh, supercomputers in the cloud that they've, they've, they build in the cloud these days rather than physically to be able to process this data. We've got Professor Tom Kotzer from University of Ottawa, the world-recognized specialist in geochemistry. We've got Kyle Patterson, who's, who's second-generation geophysicist. Um, absolutely top-notch team. Um, right, we'll always go for, go for the best people. Absolutely, always. Um, we will start there. But so just, just so I can um, get a better sense of how you're piecing all this together again, you, you've... You, because you know it's like you know companies come on here and they talk, they talk about oh we've got some anomalies we've got some targets and and it doesn't really mean anything until you kind of get the drill bit in there so yes. with, with regards to checking your hypothesis and the, the 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 data that you're using so far what what gives you most confidence pre-drilling and then obviously I guess you we're you're starting a process of getting into drilling so. Can you just give me some 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 of those levels of confidence and where they come from? Well, there there were signs of mineralization. First of all, structure. Everything's based on structure. I'm uh, sorry, I'm a geologist, so I tend to get very excited about this stuff. Um, but everything's based on structure. You've got to have fluid pathways, and they've got to be big, and they've got to have a lot of power behind them. So so we, so we go for this big structural zone. Next, we need conductors, which is where the ZTEM comes in. Uh, the the conductors are usually carbon. Uh, so there's, there's carbonaceous material in these fault zones. Um, the, the, the reason we want carbon is it's a reductant. It changes the chemistry of the fluids. It causes the metals to drop out, particularly uranium. So we look for conductors. doesn't mean you have uranium, but it means it's, it's another step in the process. So you have the structures, then you have the conductors. Uh, we look for signs of uranium at surface. We, we can do that. Uh, the ANT has been a good one because we look for variations in the surface as well. But then you have to diamond drill. 
And and for a company that was only six, listed six months ago, Matthew, we've now got a diamond rig on site, mobilised, ready to go to drill a thousand metre drill hole. Our IPO, we only had one drill hole. That's all we could budget for, because we all the data we were working with was twenty to thirty years old. So so we said, radio, it looks great, but is it real? So let's go and refly it with new ZTEM. Let's fly it with new new geophysics. Let's do re, repeat the geochem. Uh, if they all repeat and they all come up looking great, then we'll do the diamond drilling. Because you're right, without the diamond drilling, you don't have a discovery. Right, but you're also depth. That suggests cost um, here. Yes. Obviously, ten, ten, 10 million Aussie company out of the gate. You're going to need to put a you know, decent sized budget together. So, what, what are you what are you planning for this year in terms of number of, and put any way you want to measure it, in terms of um, meters to be drilled or you know depths to be drilled? How how many holes are we talking about? We'd we'd really like to drill. Um, we have three main target areas. We have Hawk Rock in the north, Passfield, which is our biggest one, and original one in the centre. Really interesting area. Some really interesting structures going on there because there's some sort of a basement uplift or a meteor impact or something going on in there but it's really mucked things around and then parker which is a classic uh eastern athabasca conductor type zone right on the cable bay in the south parker just keeps get, getting better and better and that's where the rig's sitting at the moment ready to start Passfield is 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 very large anomaly and really interesting um we'll probably drill that one next we'd like to drill four or five holes this year okay I think that's that's reasonable. We're very, you know, we're a startup, so it's very hard. I'd, I'd love to have two, three rigs going, you know, around the clock, but uh, it, we just can't uh, afford that. So, so we we've been. Absolutely, and th- you know, th- therein lies the challenge for 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 all juniors um, is um, trying trying the best use and allocation of capital, best return on 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 capital invested. Being in this where you are now, you, the drill bit's going to deliver that. So one one drill on on site, um, Parker, then Passfield, and then I guess um, uh, Hawk Rock at some there. point, right? But you've got to say, well, what's the smart use of money? So why Parker Lake first? What 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 are you expecting that to do for you? You're going with in order priority of, of likelihood of success. It, it was at Passfield when we listed six months ago was our number one priority. But there was some really intriguing stuff going on at Parker, but the data was very old. So now that we've flown the ZTEM and now we've done ground geophysics, which will be coming out next week, I can't talk about it because it's not released yet, but keep an eye out for it. It's very interesting. Right. Um, it, it's, it just keeps on getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's a classic Athabasca-style linear conductor with some nice breaks in it. Right. Um, and, and, and you've got to remember, Matthew, these are our own projects. So we peg these from scratch. We, we own these 100%. Um, there, there's no joint venture partners. There's no royalties. There's no clawbacks. There's no, there's no anything. So, so we're very much focused on a major, finding a major discovery. Uh, and then once we find that, then we'll, we'll work, with a, work with a major company or some other group to bring that into production. It's not our intention to be a producer. We're a discovery. You're a discovery, right? So it's 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 a kind of relatively financially unencumbered set of assets that you've got, which which, which is good. You're not giving away any future upside as well with with you know royalties, etc. But at the same time, you're going to need to fund this um, drilling, and you're going to, need to be you know, clear of the market about what you're what you're 
much what you believe success looks like because and again it's coming off a of back of you know difficult sort of 18 months where the market's kind of you know moved depending on what you know sput is doing or what bit choppy what very choppy what con what term contracts have been signed etc so and, and then price sits in in or around 50 bucks which is great compared to you know three two years ago you know early 30s but you need the market to move to do you do some heavy lifting for you but you're also going to have to stay in control of what you're in control of and that is putting information out to market and says you know not just here's who we are we're explorers and we're we're going for the big stuff deep down but this is what success looks like and this is what we want to spend money on so you know who wants to give me some money right because it's it's expensive stuff deep drilling it is uh and that's why we put an awful lot of care and effort into targeting of those drill holes so that it's a structured uh, approach but very very clearly structured and we're we're step number five or six now it, it's not just going out wildcatting. It, it's very, very structured, and we're using every tool available uh, to make sure that we target the very, very best spot. Um, obviously, if, if well, I, sh I could say when, but uh, let's let's hope that we have a discovery. Um, when, when a discovery occurs, then our whole uh, capitalization of our company and the structure changes. But uh, as I said earlier, we're in a very strong position corporately because we own that asset. So, so we, we're not generating wealth for somebody else. We're generating wealth for our shareholders. And, and then we're in a position, people say, well, Andrew, what, do you, what are you going to do when you have a discovery? And we say, well, we, we'll do what's the best for our shareholders. So, so that, might, that might be a joint venture. We might talk to one of the majors like Arano or, or Cameco, who are both neighbors, or ISO Energy, who's another neighbor, uh, to say, look, you joint venture in on our grant. And and we'll we'll just sit there and you can spend the money and we'll get the uplift in value. Get it, get it. Uh, or we might decide that we want to do it ourselves. Um, you know, the, the, that's a board decision. Okay. Uh, but but the main thing is the options are open. We we we're not stuck on a narrow path. Right. Okay. You, you you're talking um game of you know doing things the the right way. Um. So help, help me with some terminology because we've had companies come on here with one drill hole and go we've made a discovery, uh, which is. You know, it, it, it's it's hard to um, you know understand how, how how that can be. Do you think it's different in um, uranium? Can you make a discovery with one drill hole, or do you, is there more to it than that? Well, you can. I mean, uh, I, I've done it with other companies we've been in, and we had we hit success with the first hole. But I should point out, it's extremely rare. Um, it, it often takes several. Success for us would be to show that there is mineralization and alteration at the unconformity uh, and that we, we've got a mineralized system, even if we haven't hit the center of it. These ore bodies are very small. Um, you can imagine if something's running 20, 30% uranium, uh, it, 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 it can fit in you know, the, the size of a suburban housing block. They, they're quite small. Um, so, but the system is much larger. So you, you'll you'll have good indications. You'll have alteration. You'll have you'll have trace elements. You'll have uh, you'll have a reasonable amount of uranium and radio radioactivity in the system, but you'll also have all, all alteration systems going with it. So that to us would be success in the first hole. Right, and and what sort of depths are we talking about? Uh, they they're around eight nine hundred meters to the unconformity. Okay. okay. Um, a lot of people, and it's a really good question, have said, well, if 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 these areas are so prospective. Why haven't people looked here before? And the answer was pretty simple. Everybody said eight, nine hundred meters. You can't mine it. It's too deep. 
But but what the boys at Denison are doing with their Phoenix work, that's a real game changer for us because, you know, they've put their first full field trial in. They've showed that all bodies of this type, these, these are the ones running 20-30%, can be mined with in-situ recovery. In other words, mined with a drill. And that, that's just a, whether you're mining that at four or 500 metres or 800 metres makes almost no difference. And, and they're, from their field trial, this is a fully a full production scale field trial. They're all in sustaining costs was, you probably know the number, Matthew, but I'll, I'll remind you, $9.80 US a pound. That's a very, very low cost and, and very, very low environmental impact because you only have a well field. There's no... There's no actual mine as such. It's, uh, it's interesting, yeah, because um, just, again, for people who perhaps need need to this, um, you know, typically we've said, you know, the uh, Kazazam Prom um, and similar would be under 25 um, bucks, and that's that's a good day at the office. So under 10 is is spectacular. Um, high, high margin, which is what you want from all uh, mining companies. Um, okay, so tell us tell us about um, the the rest of this year. Obviously, going to get this, get a drill program going. Step back, see what you've got, um, and then make some decisions. Um, what, what's your view of what's happening in the market at the moment? Because it has, like I say, it has been fairly choppy. Uh, we've seen obviously the, the Russia situation causing all sorts of mayhem with regards to enriched uranium and. Um, and you know, contracting uh, across the world. So, how, how do you, how do you see yourself fitting into this? You're an explorer, but how do you see, see yourself fitting into that narrative that's out there? Well, I, well, I could give you an example because we we very much chose the eastern Athabasca because if we make a discovery, there are three mills within 100 kilometres of us, and and it's no, it's it's fine having production, but you've got to be able to treat it. And as you know, uranium is a very odd mineral because it has several steps in the in the treatment process to produce nuclear fuel fuel for a power station. And we've had discussions with some of the majors. Uh, we were at the PDAC recently, and there was a lot of discussion amongst those majors basically saying that the, the, the whole process of producing uh, uranium for fuel rods and things actually works back to front. So, so uh, you know, an uh, 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 electricity company will say we, we require fuel for our reactors then they go to the converter who goes to the refiner who then goes to the miner which is all the opposite direction to what normally happens and what we're seeing with all the changes in central Europe is th- there's just an absolute shortage of uranium and, and we had several of the majors come up to us at PDAC and say look look, Andrew if, if you guys find something we'll take it we, we can see, see a huge shortage in you know, five to ten years time in physical uranium, that that we just don't know where it's going to come from. The uh, the nuclear industry itself is coming back strongly. Um, Japan is is talking about building new reactors. The French are refreshing their their fleet. The US is starting to build new reactors. Where's the, where's the uranium coming from? It's it's not coming from from Central Europe or Central Asia, sorry, uh, because. China has an enormous demand for uranium. They'll be taking everything they can get out of out of um, Kazakhstan and possibly Africa, as they currently currently where they have done. <laughs> and Africa, very much. They're very active in Africa. So, so where's it going to come from? It's going to come from Australia. It's going to come from Canada and 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 uh, well, North America. We call it. Canada with that little uh, country just to the south, the noisy neighbours. Um, right, we. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, it's 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 um it's nice to see more entrants coming in, but it's it's especially nice to see quality teams 
coming um, you know in, into the space. I mean, it just it just it might be worth. And so I, I'd enjoy. I'm uh, saying you you mentioned that you have obviously um, been around the block with uranium before and previously um, had had a company. Can you give us a bit of, a bit on your background specifically, please, before we go? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm, I'm I'm a Broken Hill boy, so I was born in Broken Hill, which is BHP. Um, obviously, uh, the birthplace of BHP. It, it's in the blood. I'm a geologist. Uh, I've worked for BHP, CRA, uh, SRK Consulting with a long stint, um, and and a various other companies, and uh, and really enjoyed being in the business. And um, the, when this opportunity came along, we we just sort of jumped at it. But I've been involved in other things: copper, gold, nickel, um, ver- various commodities. But we try to focus on one thing at a time, Matthew, and 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 build as I say, build around the team. You know, my. Uh, Mike McClelland is ex Cameco, ex BHP. Um, Troy Rosoli, who's also on our board, was the guy who did Arrow uh, for ISO. He was five years there. Prior to that, he was in production with Cameco. Uh, Doug Engdale's also on our board. Um, a, a terrific guy major, who, who runs Axiom, the major contracting group out of Saskatoon as well. Uh, and, and Dr. Kylie Prendergast, who's a world recognized explorationist. Um, you know, and just a terrific, terrific bunch of people. Fun, fun, fun to work with, and helps that they know what they're doing. So, um, Andrew, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for coming on the uh, channel, introducing this uranium story um, to our subscribers and followers. Um, we will stay in touch and see how you get on. Yeah, and it's just starting, Matthew. The uranium story is only just starting. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you. Just finish with one note for you, for your viewers um, that the. The cost of producing electricity with nuclear power, a fraction of one percent is the uranium. There's all the other stuff, so it's not a, it's the price is not driven by unlike coal or something else. Um, the price, who knows what the price will be? It, I, I, I'm very bullish. <laughs>